Hey everybody, welcome back to another podcast uh, with Sailorville Church. I'm here with John Nemers, our evangelism director, and uh, the two of us have been uh, preaching out of Ephesians uh, the last couple of weeks. You got your shot at it here last week, and yep. uh, uh, if you've been with us in this series, uh, as we are unwrapping God's masterpiece, we have uh, everything comes uh, in Christ. All the blessings of salvation are the result of being in Christ, and we uh, sort of uh, very demonstratively have uh, have all these boxes on the platform for every single uh, theological rich truth that comes out of being in Christ. And it says we're chosen, that's one of the boxes, in Him for the foundation yep. of the world, predestined, uh, loved, of course, and right on down the line, there's a whole bunch of uh, adopted, uh, accepted, we are forgiven, uh, redeemed, and uh, we have grace. And last week you talk on you took on inheritance. Yep. You only took one thing out of the box, right? Only took one. Yep. Okay. So uh, uh, just refresh, our, just for our listeners, uh, remembers that the scripture that you were on is is in Ephesians one, where it says having known to us the mystery, made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself, that in the uh, dispensation of the fullness of time he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and are on earth. In him, in him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things uh, according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trust in Christ should be to the praise of His glory. That's a lot there. Yeah. He's talking about our inheritance. Yeah. No, I. <laughs> so when I was first kind of looking at the text, that was the first thing that popped out to me was this is there's so much richness going on there. And how did you? And a good question for you might be: How did you split up the texts to decide? This is what we're going to preach on. This is what we're going to preach on. Because I was looking at it, I'm like, man, this could be so many different messages. But, you know, of course, we would really be there for forever if we did that. But how did you even decide that? Well, arbitrarily, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no. But I uh, actually, as you mentioned as well, and I've mentioned repeatedly, it is it is one sentence in the original, verses 3 through 14. And, you know, you there's two ways to preach this. Uh, passage and really only two ways in my mind you preach either the in one message verses three through 14 and just love all of this just this uh, ever-flowing uh, avalanche uh, avalanche of of uh, of truths that God has given us riches that we have in Christ or you pluck them one petal at a time yeah. and when you do that you do um, threaten to lose the context, you know, and that's why when I do it, I've read, you know, I've read through it every time because yeah. I want people to grab that whole content. You did it a little bit. I don't know if you read the whole section, did no, you? No, I didn't read it all. Yeah. I re so, kind of reviewed a little bit how these are gifts are for, you know, eternity past, kind of the present and right. then going towards the future. But yeah, so I've read the whole thing and I'm going to read it again on Sunday just because yeah. it's so rich that way leading to where we're going to be this Sunday with the the spirit's uh, sealing uh ministry. Yeah. But uh you know, you do, you know, you are it so it basically becomes a th uh, every week becomes kind of a theology lesson yeah. within the exposition. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's how I that's how I kind of took it when I'm looking at this. I'm going, okay, you really could preach on predestination again. You really could preach yeah, on Yeah, because it was mentioned earlier. Right. You could preach on adoption again. You could preach on, you know, his grace, his love. Uh, but then of course with the focus being on inheritance, it at, it actually kind of turns into a, you know, okay, since Paul himself didn't really dissect what inheritance is here we got to go outside of the text itself to kind of go on to explain what it, what that inheritance is. And I, I, I had a lot of fun doing it. It really, it was, it was one of those messages where you really had to like, think like, okay, like what, you know, we, you only get a half hour type of a deal. <laughs> so yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> and I thought you did a good job. I really liked the fact that you ended up in Hebrews, which you have those examples such as Abraham having not obtained it here in this life but having seen it afar believed in them and uh they were motivate their motivations i liked your idea of of the inheritance being a motivator in our lives um you made a a statement which i thought was a it was your to me it was your showstopper statement of and i wrote it down i didn't quite memorize it uh, and uh maybe i'll just pull it up i want to make sure i say it exactly as it was uh as it was said and here it is you said the grounding of your joy in heaven will not be in who is around you but who is before you that was a good turn of phrase there john one of the best you've ever had i might add i loved it uh but then i thought wow john that's quite a statement that's kind of insulting to your first to your flesh and blood mother who uh who died in Christ in 1995 and went to glory and she's been in heaven now for you know the better part of nearly 27 years mm-hmm. and uh, you're you're saying it's a bigger deal to see Jesus than to see uh, your your mom Nina that's uh, what do you what do you what do you got to say about that <laughs> when you put it that way now I just look like a jerk so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you do <laughs> you kind of do no I mean obviously we know. In a, in a church our size, there's there are people that you know have had loved ones that are dying recently, or that's f- still fresh on their minds and whatnot. And so it's I think it's a good question to ask, you know. Um, and as I was, I was kind of thinking about it as I was preparing my message, and a picture popped up into my head that uh, I saw on Facebook one day, and it was this like it was this you know this artistic picture of, and it was titled "Your First Moments in Heaven." And it was like kids running into the arms of their parents, their parents meeting, you know, their friends or whatever, and everyone's hugging and whatnot. And you're kind of like, yeah, it's really precious. And then I'm sitting there thinking about it and I I cringe a little bit. I'm going, I think I said that in my message too. It just, it makes me cringe when Christians think this way. And I'd use my wordings very specifically. I said the grounding and the source of our enjoyment and our joy and all of the pleasure, uh, because the the source of everything that we're going to be joyful in will not be in other humans, and of course it won't be in other humans. They didn't, you know, they didn't save us. They didn't, they didn't do something to help us get to the place where we are now at that that is worth worshiping, right? We're not. I'm not going to ever look at my mom and go, "Wow, now." There is a woman that needs to be worshipped right there. Like, there's <laughs> nothing in her that's going to say that. It's, I'm going to look at her and I'm going to say, "Wow, there is a woman that was saved by the Lamb." 
And yeah, you're not denying that there will be joy oh, in yeah. seeing the the saints that have gone before us, including in this case your mother. Yeah, no, not at all. I think you're, that's you're part taking of the on enjoyment. the sentimentalism of it all that actually is almost secular in its thinking. You don't even see Jesus in this picture with the kids coming right. along. Yeah, I am thoughtful. I remember Fr uh, uh, Fanny Crosby was the the great hymn writer. I think she'd written thousands of hymns. Uh, many of which are very famous in the church uh, over the last couple hundred years. And she was blind, and uh, someone asked her uh, what was the what was the thing she was looking forward to most when she got to heaven. And of course, everybody expected her to say to have her sight back, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to see, you know. And her reply was, "The thing I'm looking forward to most is the fact that I'll never sin again." Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, yes, yeah, she was, and she was also famous for saying, "The first thing I will see will be the face of my Savior." Yeah. Of course, so she goes along with that. But just that whole business of, yeah, it'd be nice to see again, but I'll never sin again. Yeah, that was when you know when you're when you're preparing a message, there are certain things that impact you the most, and you want that, right? Yeah. When you're when you're digging into it, you want it to affect you so that you can preach in such a way that's you know it's obvious. This is not just something I'm just you know, coming up with because, you know, it sounds good in an outline, you know, type of thing. It's, it's no, God really spoke to me. And that was the thing that really spoke to me was just thinking through this whole idea that this is, that our inheritance is undefiled. Mm -hmm. Like it's unpolluted by our sin. And you were getting that out of first Peter, wasn't right. it? Right. Yeah. Okay, first yeah. Peter. Yeah. And it was just precious. Like that whole, all of that is so precious. And then you know, to see the clear correlation, how it's not just like abstract thinking that we can just, you know, be super excited about one day, but you see a clear connection in Hebrews 11, how Moses looking ahead to that day, his future reward actually allowed him to stop sinning or not chase after sin here on earth, which I just, yeah, I think that's extremely motivating, extremely practical for everyday living, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's really good. So we've been taking on many of these things. The week uh, previous, we took on another issue that resonated largely with people, namely redemption and uh, forgiveness. And the theology of redemption, we talked about that being, you know, that Christ is pictured as going into the marketplace where yeah. you and I are captive as slaves. Yeah. And we talked about three words: agora, uh, ex uh, agorazo, ex agorazo, and the and the the root word of the word redemption there is lutreo. Mm -hmm. And uh, the agorazo means to go in and buy something in that marketplace, which yeah. of course Jesus came in to the marketplace of slavery and bought us. Mm -hmm. Ex agorazo means he means he took us out of the marketplace, so he didn't just leave us in the place of yeah. sin. Yeah. And but the word used in Ephesians one is the word which is the root word lutreo, which means he, to, it literally pictures somebody being tied up yeah. and loosed. Yeah. So he not only went into the marketplace, bought us, took us out, but he freed us. Yeah. Um, when you think of being free from sin, mm. uh, yet you know that your inheritance in heaven is the place of freedom from sin. Uh, what comes to your mind? What do we have? What are we free from now? Between now and then, what are we free from? Well, I immediately think of Romans one eight. We're free from condemnation, right? Eight one. 
or it is being one eight. Yeah, yeah, sorry, <laughs> eight one. Yeah, yeah, not one eight. <laughs> no, yeah, eight one. I mean, we're free from condemnation in the eyes of God. We have Christ's righteousness, so we are free from that condemnation, and and then we are yeah freed up to all of the promises of God. You know, and I was just reading. Oh, what was it? I actually have it right here in my notes. Uh, I've read this many times, but it never really hit me until just the other day, Second Timothy, you have all these promises from God that he'll, he's going to keep us, right? So even though we stumble, even though, you know, we, we will sin, God will uh, finish his work of sanctification and bring us to uh, heaven. And I just read this in Second Timothy 4.18, which says, the Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So that even kind of rings back to what Paul says to the Ephesians as well. He's always bringing it back to his glory. But yeah, I think that's something that we've been freed to do here on earth is to trust his promises and free yeah. from condemnation and stuff like that. Yeah. And in Romans 6 says, no, don't you know that to whom you yield yourself a slave to obey, his slave you are, hmm. whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So there's a choice still. But we have a power that we didn't have previous. Yeah. That is those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus. Now, the listeners out there may not have had that time where they really received forgiveness. You might recall in the message that I preached, I was saying that some people are out there thinking that if they just put enough distance you know, between their sin and their sinful lifestyle and the way they're living now, all things will be good. Yeah. But if they've never received forgiveness where God yeah. hurls away, takes away the sin, uh, the guilt won't go away either. I was just going to say, like, along those same lines, I was uh, I was preaching at IRBC as camp this, what's this the, what's that? summer. Oh, okay. And just thinking through that whole idea of us being separated from the holiness of God, like what you're saying. And, and that's what hit me, too, is so often people, they do, they have this idea and it's natural to think that sin distances. It doesn't separate, it distances, right? So like God just kind of, he's just off there in the distance and we can still kind of work our way back to him. Somehow, if we kind of work hard enough, we'll just find God. When in reality, it distance or it separates us almost like, in my mind, it was like the sun is separated from us as humans. Like we can't approach the sun otherwise it's like approaching the holiness of God. We'll just be burned up. Like we won't be able to do it unless something happens for us, which is Christ's righteousness, you know, coding us and taking mm -hmm. us into the glory of God. So um, is it, is it, is it, um, is it right to be able to question someone who, uh, doesn't show any fruits of forgiveness, uh, having claimed, uh, to have received it? Um, I, I think that anyway, um, mm -hmm. Um, I heard of somebody just just recently who died uh, suddenly and unexpectedly died, and uh, this was an individual that uh, lived a fairly long life not a, like not until like he was really old, but he was fairly long life. Uh, and um, come to find out, he had laid claim to the gospel in his uh, younger adulthood, but the person I was talking to that had a direct connection with this person said. They never remember one time him ever owning a sin, yeah. never admitting a sin, yeah. never seeking forgiveness from, from other people. I think if you've sought ultimate forgiveness from God, 
it's uh, it, it's not going to be as difficult to yeah. seek forgiveness from others. Yeah, I agree. I think that going going back to my sermon last week a little bit, that's when you're when you've truly been saved. It's it's your natural instinct that because you have life inside you to go do something to produce fruit. Uh, that being one of them, like it's a natural instinct to, hey, I have to, I need, I'm, I feel that guilt. I have to actually do something about this. And uh, yeah, and I think that if you don't have fruit, then that's just evidence, like Jesus Himself was saying in Matthew 25, that look, the evidence for those who were truly born again was that they fed me when I was hungry, they clothed mm-hmm. me when I was sick, and mm-hmm. the evidence that those who weren't born again were the ones who didn't do those things. Um, and so those are the ones that right. didn't have Christ. Yeah, so I, I was just talking with a, a man that I've been working with in recent days who's come to Christ. It's really, really precious guy, but he's the, there's been such a focus on the change in his life that I had to remind him the other day as he was sharing Christ with those he loved, I had to remind him, don't mix the two up. The changes that have, and they are radical, that have taken place in your life are not the things that saved you. Hmm. Jesus saved you. Yeah. This is the fruit of what is what has occurred. I like to. Um, uh, there's a, again, these have been theological uh, messages, and uh, so theologically, I think it could be helpful for our listening audience to know. This is a little alliteration, so it's it's easy to memorize. And I I I, I think I had a a prof who made us memorize this years ago, and it just I never it stuck right away. So. You know, we are, there's a sense in which we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved. Hmm. So I'll say that again. There's a sense in which we have been saved, we are being saved, and we will be saved as soon as we come to the in Christ uh, life that, that when we trust Christ. Yeah. And, the, and the three Ps are, are uh, penalty, power, and presence. So this is what I think everybody can memorize, and starting with you, John. So, okay, so <laughs> so you can say uh, at the point of salvation you were saved from sin's penalty. You just mentioned it, Romans eight one. There is therefore now no, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. That's the penalty of sin yeah. being eradicated. Okay, so but throughout life because of the power because of God's. Uh, presence within your life, the Spirit of God's indwelling presence and power. Power is the next one. So mm-hmm. saved from sin's penalty at salvation. Saved from sin's power in life as mm-hmm. we submit to God and, yeah. ex- and experience the filling presence, the ongoing filling presence of the Spirit of God, yeah. which of course we're responsible to submit to the Lord, you know, be controlled by Him and His Word and Spirit. Sin's penalty, sin's power, and then when we die and get the the ultimate inheritance, we're saved from sin's presence, yeah. which gets us back to what Fanny Crosby said, the thing she's looking forward to most. I'm not going to sin anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, that's really good. I, I, that's sin's. Let me see if I remember it here. Okay. Sin's. Uh, uh, I forgot the first thing. <laughs> well, he flunked his first test, folks. I know but he'll be back one. next week. Power think... and presence okay. are the last. Two. <laughs> so penalty, penalty. So, That's so a... if we haven't dealt with the penalty, we'll penalty. never have the power. Yeah, and we can't look forward to the absence of the presence of sin. No, and I think going back to your message that you preached uh, with the whole idea, the illustration of the unshackling of the neck. What was the, what was the, un, the take your head off or what was Your, it? Uh, uh, 
uh, okay, that thanks for reminding me because I remember the story. So that was the story yeah, yeah. Uh, for our listening audience of uh, of uh, in West Africa. A missionary was talking to a tribal chief yes, and yeah. wanting to know what his word for redemption was, yeah. and he said, "Oh, that's that's our word for." Uh, God took our head out, and he yeah. thought, "What does that mean?" And then he explained, as you were referring to, that uh, Africans who had been slaved, uh, they understood that word very vividly because mm. as men would in, as uh, men would enslave Africans and take them to the Gold Coast where they were shipped off, they would often go through villages, mm. and if a chief. <laughs> village chief recognized one of his friends was in these irons which every these iron collars were on every slave and each one chained to the other he would with silver gold or ivory offer to pay for his friend to be taken out to have his head taken out of the collar yeah, yeah i think that's a powerful no pun intended powerful illustration yeah. even for the power in your alliteration because I was just thinking, I heard a different illustration a while ago. I don't remember who, from, or where, but he, it was talking about when it comes to our sanctification, which is what the power is standing for. Your sanctification in this life is the ability or the power through the presence of the Holy Spirit living inside you to say no to sin, to kill sin, as Paul says in Romans 8. Uh, you have this idea of a, a slave in America uh, back, obviously, when they're slaves in America, being freed and maybe going to the north and then running in. So the slave is free, been freed. That's the picture of the, the uh, what was the first P again? <laughs> the penalty, <laughs> penalty. <laughs> He's got it, class. <laughs> the penalty, that's the picture of the penalty, the chain coming off. Right. And then he pictured that slave that who was an ex-slave, now a freed man, running back into his old slave master and his instinct is to think, his mindset is to think, I have to submit to this slave master again. But in reality, you don't. You actually have the power to say no. And that's so often how we feel as, as Christians here on earth. We oftentimes run back into our old master, our hateful, wicked master that desperately despises us. And we think, I have to, there's no way I could defeat the sin when in reality, yeah. we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. We're freed men. We're freed men yeah. and women of Christ, and we have the power to say no to them. Amen. And I think that's it's that it's that which uh, infuriated the Apostle Paul when mm. he saw Peter become hypocritical. Remember when mm. he was hanging out with Gentiles, giving them the gospel. When a Jewish group of people showed up, he left them to go to the Jews and. Paul called him out because that yeah. hypocrisy. You don't need you don't need to worry about that anymore. You've been freed, and the and the gospel's free to all as well. So, yeah. um, we're going to wrap it up here, John. Just a couple of announcements. We made a huge announcement on Sunday. Uh, we made the announcement that you are going to be our newest church planting resident in the Engage Network, and so. Uh, you're going to hear a big round of applause come over the tape here. I'm just kidding. Not... <laughs> uh, but people were super excited about that, and I can no longer be guilty of nepotism <laughs> and all that. <laughs> uh, so, because we're going to kick you out of here to start a church. What are your thoughts on that? Obviously, extremely grateful. I mean, humbled just because, yeah, I mean, when Kaylee and I, when we talk about it, when we think about it, it's like, constantly reminded you know who who are we you know, who am i 
uh, to do something like this is such a great calling. I feel like God's called us to it. So that's like the only confidence I have <laughs> in many ways, because I look at my own life and I go, oh man, I am weak. I am, I am not talented, but by God's grace, he uses weak, untalented people. So sure Lord does. willing, he'll use us. <laughs> yeah. We're confident that he will. And if you got God calling you, that's all you need anyway, right? Yeah. Uh, but but it's uh, it, you're not freelancing. You're not just going on your own. You're, there's a there's a there's a there's a track that you're going through. Can you give that briefly? Because we made yep. another special announcement a couple of we, uh, months ago. Yeah, you like the residency program t- t- type of track that, that and about? the the new church plant coming up in yeah. at Easter time. Yeah. So Stephen Moore uh, is our our current resident, our future or our resident who's been here longer than I have. And uh, Lord willing, they'll be planting a church around Easter time. And a part of my residency, I've really hit the jackpot. I mean, this is the ideal situation mm-hmm. for church planning is to be able to really learn on the ground level of, hey, how do you build up a core team? How do you, you know, how do you go into a new city? Uh, how do you start to canvas or whatever, finding buildings, stuff like that? obviously the launch i'm going to get in on the ground level of all of that so i'm you know that's that's super precious for for us in fact you already are on right, the ground yeah. you've been doing interviews with the with the 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 formulating core group now have right. you not yeah yeah and so much of those things i'm learning which you know Stephen, he he didn't have the pleasure of you know being able to uh have that but obviously he's he's amazing cuz he's a seasoned pastor himself and so yeah, he, it's just, it's it's a really good learning experience for me. But yeah, that's all part of the process. I'll still be here at Sayreville, um, but it'll kind of be, you know, the percentage of me leaning off of Sayreville duties are, you know, slowly increasing towards the, you know, the residency stuff. And by the beginning of the year, I'll really be looking a lot at, you know, helping Stephen uh, and Ellen um, really launch the church in 2022 and, We'll be out there in Huxley a lot, and it'll be it'll be a blast. It'll be fun. I'm sure we'll have some hard times and some good times too. So, so our focus is on the newest church plant in Huxley, which you'll yeah. be helping out. But uh, but then eventually, uh, sensing the Lord's leading as to where we go uh, and where you would be the next uh, church planner and where we would go, people are going to be asking you that. Yeah. But that's not something we're going to be talking too much about in the early days here. Yeah. And we don't even know either, right? Yeah. I mean, we haven't done our. Well, I fast. know, but yeah. I'll, I'll I'll just let you know later. So, anyway. well, yeah, we haven't fasted or anything like that. So, we uh, we uh, I think it's wise to take the slow approach and let God reveal it. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, uh, we're going to wrap it up with uh, with that. And uh, thanks to our listening audience for listening in each week. And uh, may the Lord bless you and give you first and foremost. God's saving power through his son, Jesus, who died and rose again so that you can experience freedom from the penalty of sin Mm. and tap into the power of a life that's in Christ and look forward to your inheritance and the fact that there will never be any more presence of sin in your life when you get to glory. God Mm. bless you.